And welcome to the Daily Autism Radio Show across these great radio stations on the Gulf Coast of Florida. My name is Mark. My wife, Melissa, not here this week. We, uh, it, it's been a week. It has been a week, as uh, many parents of autism uh, understand that. Things change quickly, so um, riding a little bit solo today, but excited. We're going to be joined by Daniel Stein. i got to tell you, I've never heard of the relationship between autism and adaptive fitness, but we're going to have a great conversation with Daniel Stein. He is the founder of of Special Strong and SpecialStrong.com. Really fascinating conversation about exercise. Uh, not only, obviously, what it does for your body, especially if you are autistic, when we talk about muscle development and, um, you know, the content of muscle in your body, but also the mind. That's really what got me fascinated in the changes in the brain uh, with specific types of exercise as it relates to adaptive fitness. So really fascinating conversation with Daniel. We're going to join him or he'll join us, I should say, uh, coming up in a bit. Also going to get to this topic of there's just been so many stories and it seems like now, and there's more technology and there's more awareness, but the treatment of these kids in these special needs programs, specifically at public schools, has really gone off the deep end. I mean, the last two weeks, I think across our social media channels, I mean, there's been at least half a dozen, at least half a dozen. I mean, I, I mean, I, and I'm, you know, that's what we've, that's what we know about. You know what I mean? That, that, that's, that's just what we know about. So, um, dailyautism.com, if you're interested in, uh, following us and, uh, seeing some of these, these videos and our commentary about it and our audience, dailyautism.com. And you can link to our Facebook page, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and a variety of other, uh, methods. Thank you to our title sponsor, Tracy Slepsevic. She is the warrior mom and her book is called warrior mom, which you can get now at warriormom.org. We were one of the first to read it. It is a phenomenal book. And I got to tell you, this will open your eyes and it'll get you set on a path. It will get you set on a path as a guidebook, which so many books, especially, especially books that are written for parents who are either going through a diagnosis for their child or are fresh out of a diagnosis. I, I mean, I love the intention of so many of these books. It's just some of it, it's kind of like wandering out in a forest. And then, and, and they're great books because you're getting interesting perspective. But then the book kind of ends and you go, well, now what? I'm just kind of out in this forest. And the reality is that, you know, in those situations, and we're just humans, is that, you know, everybody can just give you their perspective, their story. It's all they know. You know, it's like even when you ask somebody advice, I say this to people all the time, even when you ask somebody advice, you're getting their best version of you. They're trying to put themselves in your situation. But at the end of the day, it's just their version of what they would do if they were you. So a lot of these books are like that because, again, it's kind of human nature. But what Tracy does is she just gives you the guide. She does tell her story with her son and talking about underlying conditions and healing elements of those underlying conditions of autism. And, you know, then she goes down the, the road of, all right, here's the guide. Here's how to put it in action. So that's what we really appreciate. Warriormom.org. Follow Tracy and all of her socials. Tracy's also debuting the Autism Health Summit. This is coming early 2024. It's at a really awesome resort in San Antonio tickets, uh, Texas. And tickets, <laughs> it's in San Antonio, Texas, but tickets now are available 
autismhealth.com for the Autism Health Summit. We'll be there and um, really a great resource for parents to get together. I think it's the one thing I regret a little bit when we first got into the diagnosis is sort of not kind of surrounding myself and kind of finding that insulation of people who are also A, going through it at the same time, or B, had just gone through it. And, you know, I think self-research is great. It's somewhat peaceful. There's kind of a, there's, there's kind of a a method where it's like, okay, I'm doing this and I'm finding this information. It feels good. But sometimes it's like, you got to ask people questions, you know? And so this is a great summit to get together. First of its kind too, autismhealth.com for those tickets. So I want to start off with, Again, we were talking about the situation in these schools and the mistreatment of children, which is now really becoming ultra-documented as time goes on and on and on. We have this situation in West Virginia. We just had a situation in Ohio. And specifically um, to the one in West Virginia where the mom put a hidden microphone. There's some great technology out there. Angel Sense is one of them. Um, there's some great micro-technology out there that can you know, record uh, what's being said around your child, and you know it, the, the the transmitter then sends that information to a server, which you have access to. You can also live stream it, and really just heard some awful things from from these teachers. And you know, many of these kids are nonverbal, and and even the ones that are verbal have a hard time, you know, giving feedback of what they hear if it bothers them, if it's hurtful to them, um, if it's dangerous to them. And it's really become a debate of, you know, first off, you know, videos in the classroom, special needs classrooms. That's kind of been something that's been smoldering across the country, even specifically here in Florida. And, you know, everybody says, well, there's there's laws about recording people. And, and it's true. But many times people um, confuse that with with like FCC telephone laws. So if you were to call someone on the phone and you record them, well, there's laws. Some parties uh, or some states, it's called a one-party state. So just one person on the phone needs to be aware that the conversation is being recorded. Of course, if you're the one recording, well, you're aware, and then that's it. You you meet that you meet that challenge. Other times, it's a two-party, so there would have to be both people on the phone. Then it gets a little dicey when it's in person. Okay, so when you're just next to somebody and they're talking and you're recording them and they don't know, well, what, what are the laws? Well, that's when it gets kind of situational. Well, are you doing it because you believe somebody is being hurt because their rights are being deprived? And then, and then, you know, there's a bunch of rabbit holes that kind of, um, you know, funnel off from there. It's like a maze. You can go down this road and that means that you can go down this road and that means that. So as it relates to these kids, um, you know, again, the one was was audio. And then in Ohio, just about a week ago, the video, the school actually had videos and saw this uh, paraprofessional chase down this child. He was in the autism program and throw him to the floor, struck him in his head, throw him to the floor. Um, and, and obviously now the police are involved and, and the district attorney and there could be a prosecution. And, and obviously the person has lost their job. But what's interesting is and and disappointing is that the person who did this who we saw on the tape was not certified to be in that situation they were not certified to be in that classroom and guiding and educating those kids so you know that really got me going down the road and really the audience across our social media channels 
kind of spearheaded the whole thing of, and obviously our audience, you know, on, on social media, of course, it's it's worldwide, it's everywhere, and that's that's what makes it beneficial and valuable. But then we started talking about, well, what can we do in in our public school system to make sure that our tax dollars are not paying teachers to treat these children in special needs classes poorly, right? Like, I don't want to fund teachers treating kids poorly. That that first off is a a horrible uh, human element. Okay, I mean, the, treating kids who are um, you know set with sincere challenges with communication and and behavior and those type of things and just you know relative functional abilities, treating those people terrible. That's inhumane. That's that's not life. That that's not America. Second off, you know, there, there's a, a fiscal element to this. Why would we pay our money to pay people to treat ch- children poorly? And I guess you could just take the special needs element out of that altogether. But then, of course, it goes back to, oh, well, you think you can get away with it because the child's either not, you know, uh, high functioning or is nonverbal and whatever else would be going in somebody's mind. So you've got the human element and then you've got, obviously, the element of, well, we shouldn't, this is not how our system should be funded. We shouldn't pay people to mistreat other people. That just seems practical, right? I mean, that's, that's, if you don't agree with that, then there's other fundamental issues. And I think we'll have a hard time connecting on that, on, on those touch points. Um, but we started talking about, you know, in the school system and, and being special needs parents, listen, you as a special needs parent, you have every right to pick up the phone and call the principal or members of the school board, superintendent's office, um, your local representative and say, Hey, can we check and make sure everybody in this school is certified? Can we just do, I would like to see the certifications. Can you post them? Are they valid? Are they kept up with the with, with the latest standards? A lot of times there'll be a certain certification. This happens all the time with teachers. And then all of a sudden there's a change in curriculum or a change in something, some scenario, and it's like, well, now there's a different certification. So now we got to go back and get this. I mean, at a time, you know, you didn't need to have a CPR certifi- certification to be a gym teacher. And then something changed, and then you have to have a CPR certification. We could all agree that those are those are good, positive developments. You could, you could make the case, there's research that's probably saved people's lives. I'm almost, of course it has over the time since, you know, it was, it was required to, to have a CPR certification to be in certain settings. So same situation when it, when it, when it relates to special needs, to ASD programs, um, and really whether it be public or private, it's just, you know, as far as control, um, you know, you, you, you really look to the local government, they're, they're really going to have most of the control in the public school setting. And that's very, very important. So I, I would really recommend whether you're a special needs parent or you're listening to this because uh, you have a, a, you know, a niece or a nephew, your best friend's child is autistic, somebody you work with child, you know, a neighbor, and really say, you know, get together. I do. I, I don't always believe in the strengths in numbers because sometimes things can get a little watered down. But in something like this, I, I think it does. It does make sense. I think it's sensible to get together with people and get a hold of the people that matter in these positions and say, we would like a review of the certifications of these teachers, these paraprofessionals. Um, c- could you post them? Is it public record? Could we make sure that they're up to date with the latest certifications? Have there been any strikes on the record that we should be worried about? I mean, we're dropping our kids off there every day. These are kids with special needs. What should we be worried about? 
And of course, they're always going to say, oh, you shouldn't be worried about anything. Well, let us see for ourselves. You know, just show us the, the records. Show us the strikes um, on the records. Let's see. And if there's nothing great and if there's something, well, we should know. We should know that. These are children. You know, it's it's interesting. Parents, you know, we have a we have a responsibility. It's some people would say, well, it's our right as our parent. No, it's your responsibility to take care of your child. Right. If you made your child sleep outside and didn't feed your child, you'd be in big trouble. But if, if you knowingly sent your child someplace where things weren't good, you also uh, could be on the hook and should be on the hook. So, you know, I kind of I kind of frame this. When I when I, I talk to either public officials uh, or people involved with public policy as, you know, let me have the full scope so that I can enact all my responsibility. Let me be responsible for my responsibility. And that puts them in a really tough spot because they're like, oh, so they're kind of saying, you know, I want the whole scope of responsibility. I want the brunt of it. So now you have to give it to me. You have to give me all the information so I have the knowledge. That's uh, sometimes kind of an interesting way to frame it. And um, as it relates, again, to to the teachers in the classroom and the other professionals, there's just been so many news stories the last uh, weeks and months, uh, and they're not they're not good, you know. You, you, and that's the other thing, too. I think it's easy to go, oh, gosh, I don't want my special needs child in a school setting. And I get it's scary. My goodness, is it scary. But you don't hear about the great stories, unfortunately, because the mainstream media, you know, they get they get their clicks and their hits and everything on on this stuff that is shocking and stuff that people just go, wow, I can't believe it. That's what they want to share. And I get it. And we should be aware of that stuff. And of course, it would be nice to hear the great stories, you know, the the the, the teachers and the paraprofessionals and the special needs programs that went the other way with it and um, just give that, you know, lifelong great care and and really have a have a passion for a meaningful career with special needs children and children who are autistic. But you're never just going to hear all about that. It's always going to be these other stories that, that that take over. And there's a need for that as well when it comes to awareness. We should be aware of what is happening inside these these public schools because we you know we fund them. We fund them, and it's it, it's a basic human right for a child to go to school and be treated. Fairly and, and and with and with compassion, and and for the general health and awareness of a child, we send them to school so that that's that's upheld. But I do, you know, the purpose of the segment was to encourage people to pick up the phone, send an email, whatever you got to do, and say, "Hey, there's a lot of stuff going on. How can we be insured? How can we feel good that our child is in the hands that we want them to be? Just just show us." Just show us, you know, let, let's see the sort of let's start there at the certifications. Let's start at the complaints, the strikes on the record, you know, whatever you can do uh, and start from there. Get a group together. I think overall it's a positive. What that would have done in this case in Ohio is this person uh, where these allegations are. I mean, you know, they're allegations, but there's a video. So, you know, I can tell you the person chased a child. He struck a child and he threw a child to the floor. That is um, a reasonable description of what happened on the video that we can all see and it's the school's video so what would have happened is if we asked for a review that person would have been moved to another program another job because they weren't certified for what they were doing simply they would not have been in that place in that time to do what they did and it it makes sense because they obviously it looks like the person didn't have the temperament the training whatever it is to be in the situation in that asd program with special needs kids they shouldn't have been there they weren't able to they weren't able to handle it. That was not the protocol for the situation. 
and of course, that's not a protocol for any situation, but especially this. So, you know, when people say, well, what would that really do? What would that do? Well, you know, you conduct a review and you determine somebody is in the wrong place. They don't have the certification. Simply, they're not qualified. It's like anybody that would apply for a job and they just say, you're not qualified because of this. You need this to get that. You don't have it. So this can't become that. And that really is the basis of it. There is there is more strength. Uh, you have more strength. You have more opportunity and you have more influence than you think if you get a few parents together to make a call, put together a Facebook group, however you want to do it, you know, obviously, you know, respectfully and everything and just say, there's a lot going on. We need to feel good about our situation. And I think a good principle, which is probably where you want to start or the head of a specific program, some counties and cities, you've got the principal, but then you've got somebody who's a program leader for the county or the city or the municipality. They're kind of more in charge day to day for the special needs programs or start with both. I mean, that, that can't hurt. And just say, we want, we want to avoid this. And, and I'm sure you do too. And uh, that would be hard for them to argue that. That would be hard for them to push that off. It would be hard for them to uh, stiff arm you on that. You would expect them to say, of course, we want to avoid this. We're on it. We're checking everybody, and we're going to get back to you with a full update. And although you wouldn't want to hear, hey, we found three people that weren't certified or didn't have proper certifications or didn't have qualifications, you wouldn't want to hear that. But also, you would rather hear that and then some action taken. And it doesn't have to be disciplinary action. It may not be those people's fault. They may have been hired uh, in a spot where they shouldn't have been hired. But who knows what you could have prevented for these families. So that is something that we... um, that we highly recommend after going through all of these these videos, talking with so many people from our audience and public policy leaders, and honestly, and frankly, parents. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're talking about families here. Um, Everybody wants to talk about the stakeholders. Well, stakeholders, I mean, that's a term, but these are people, right? Every stakeholder is a person. They go home at night to a family. They wake up to a family. So it's parents and kids and teachers. And teachers, they go home to families. And superintendents, they go home to families. So it's just people. And when we get these people together, these families, and we say we want to protect these children, these children uh, have been dealt a card that makes it tough for them to communicate in a way that most people are used to. And so we've got to ensure, because we know that other people know that, we've got to make sure that they're not being taken advantage of because of that, that card that they have been dealt uh, I want to thank one of our partners, Fun Factory Sensory Gym, remarkable organization. Um, they just posted some videos about their latest installs. These sensory experiences that they built, by the way, they've done over 50,000 installs. They do, they do them in homes. They do them in schools, churches, therapy centers. But I want you to go to funfactorysensorygym.com. They do a great job across their social media channels in amplifying their work. This is a work of passion. You can see the interviews that they've done um, with people in the company. And they come out, and this is obviously a very meaningful a very meaningful organization that they have built. And I just, I, I just love the fact that they come in, and they really do a great job with the before and afters. And you kind of see this, this hollowed-out room, and you go, well, how is this going to work? And then they'll show, you know, bringing in the, the, the equipment, and all of the uh, all of the items, and by the end of it, it you know obviously doesn't look like the same room, but it's more than just the aesthetic of it. It's just you you know that the kids and their parents are going to get so much out of it that that sensory gym that 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 
feeling of just belonging, having fun and no worries, and it's a fun and a safe spot. FunFactorySensoryGym.com. Again, they do the installs all across the country, um, whether it's residential in a home, a basement, uh, or again, in a commercial setting. So if you're interested in that or you know somebody that might be interested in that, we have a lot of people, yeah, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that, that follow our channels, listen to our podcast and radio shows, and they're building businesses around serving the families of autism, whether it be therapy centers or things similar. Um, this could be a great opportunity for you to partner with Fun Factory Sensory Gym. Again, funfactorysensorygym.com. Real quick, I wanted to talk about the Katie Beckett waiver for parents of autism. This is something that we've talked about it before. It's so beneficial to so many families across the country. And as we just continue to have more and more parents go through this process of a diagnosis for their child. And then, of course, when you come out of that, you're left going, well, well now what? What, what, what do I do now? And, and, and life starts to look so different for, for so many parents. But, you know, a lot of people get frustrated because they say, well, you know, I, I have a decent income. Um, I'm a middle class family. And it looks like so many of these services I'm going to be outside the bubble for. But the problem is these services are so needed. And so you get the whole, you know, issue of scarcity. And so the services are expensive. And so the Katie Beckett waiver, and, and, and I don't want to get too specific because it's a little bit different in every state uh, on, on qualifications and stuff like that. But, but kind of a long story short, you know, Katie Beckett was, was a young girl and, you know, she, she, she was in the hospital and she couldn't afford private therapies at home. And this is back in the 80s. And President Reagan uh, found out about her story. And so basically what it comes down to is, they don't hold your income against your parents' income um, if the child needs uh, medical services. And so, like I said, it does vary a bit state by state, and sometimes it's called something different. But at the end of the day, it all started as the Katie Beckett waiver. So wherever you are um, and whatever you're looking for, you want to research your Katie Beckett waiver. And, you know, even when you know we started talking about this a couple of years ago across our social media channels, which, of course, you can get to at dailyautism.com, uh, people were amazed, amazed. They said, oh, well, we were told we could never get this at our house. Or if we wanted it, we'd have to pay, you know, $8,000 a month or something like that. You know, typically these are numbers that families can't sustain, especially when you think about so many families and, and moms and dads, many times, many times, somebody's got to quit a job um, because you have a, a very exhaustive therapy schedule or the child needs to stay at home therapists are coming in and out of the house, or you're driving to therapy centers multiple times a day and multiple days a week. The other side of it is, and, and this is the, the most unfortunate, is, is you have people that, that lose their jobs. They, they get fired because, you know, they go, I know I used to be able to do this and that, and now I can't. Or I'm sorry I've been late this week. My child hasn't gone to bed in three days. Or my child's having a meltdown. I can't be at this meeting. I'm sorry. My child just hurt themselves, and, and, and I need to help them. And we've just heard it uh, just time and time again we hear it, and it really is heartbreaking because you've got the parents who, you know, they, they understand they need to make a living. They understand they have a career. Many people love their careers. But then this thing comes along, and you just say, I'm going to do everything I can do to be there for my child as a parent. And that always has to come above a career. But then you also have to live. You have a mortgage. 
the point of having a refrigerator is that it's full of food. And so that all, <laughs> you know, the process for all that stuff becomes very, it's stressful anyway, but it becomes very stressful uh, when you're talking about having a special needs child. So Katie Beckett waivers is what you want to look into. Um, it's what you want to research. And I think you're going to find some great information. And again, if you're listening to this because you help, uh, you're, you're helping a, a brother or sister with their child, you know, your niece or nephew or neighbor or coworker, uh, Katie Beckett waiver in your particular state, you're going to find some really valuable information. Whenever we talk about this across our video shows and social media, there, inevitably there's dozens of, of messages. Thanks so much looking into this. I can't believe I didn't know this before. Um, I've heard people actually crossing state lines, you know, they'll move because certain applications of the waiver in a neighboring state are much better. And when you talk about being able to not just save the money, but afford your child something that they otherwise couldn't get where you live. And I think it was, I think it was Indiana and Kentucky, a family reached out to me and said, yeah, we jumped the, we jumped the state line. I don't forget which way it was. Um, because we were able to get this, 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 and that, and it's so important for our child. And so they moved like 25 miles uh, to take advantage of it, become a resident of, of another state. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it's always interesting because those, those scenarios sound almost, you know, fake. Like, like, who would do that? But then you get into this situation and you have a special needs child. And their needs, their needs although always special, change as the child gets older. They get bigger. They get stronger. Um, and, and things really become different as, as the child kind of goes, goes through the cycle of life as they develop. And, you know, so I totally understand why somebody can, would, would do that because you just watch your child and you go, okay, I know what they need now. And then you go, but what are they going to need next year? What are they going to need in five years? What's life going to look like in 10 years? And are we in the right spot? Are we going to be able to give them the right things? You're almost like a weather forecaster, except... You know, the weather forecaster, they, they, the longest they'll go out was like, what, the seven to 10 day outlook, right? And even at that, once you get five days in, you're just like, nah, I don't believe any of this stuff. It's, it's not going to be like that. But, you know, when you talk about special needs and a special needs family, you're talking about, you know, about like seven to 10 years and thinking about what, what, what your child um, may need. It's an interesting question, right? What does life look like in 10 years? And, and I want to bring up um, the CEO of Technology North. Ling Huang. And Ling is a, a remarkable guy. He has developed a company and a technology. It's called Technology North. But he sought to answer the question, what will life look like for my child when he graduates high school? And Ling was really on the trailblazing end of this, of going, okay, you know, people have this idea where, you know, you go get a job at like a, like a grocery store. And we're talking about young people on the autism spectrum. Maybe, you know, you go one or two days a week. Or you're part of a program that meets one or two days a week, and you're sort of just hoping that things work out. But what Ling understood was is that these young adults can provide an unbelievable and valuable service to society at large. And that's what he began building, and that's you know how Technology North came to be formed. And I, first off, I love that he built this around his son, Brian, because to me that's when the meaningful things happen, right? When you say... I'm doing this for a greater purpose than profit. You know, profit is, is always an integral part of business. We understand that, it, and, and it has to be, of course. I mean, how can you have a business without a profit? But when the general overall purpose is something meaningful, and it's about young children and family, I think that's when the magic happens. And that's what Ling has built with Technology North. I invite you to learn about them 
at technologynorth.net. See what Ling has done. He's won multiple awards. His company has won multiple awards, and he is uh, just getting started. Technologynorth.net. You can also connect with Ling on LinkedIn. He's very active there and uh, really just getting started. I think he's got a model for something really special uh, and special worldwide for young adults on the autism spectrum, and especially answering the question, what does life look like when my child graduates high school? Technologynorth.net. Okay, we've been talking about this interview. I've been very excited. Uh, Daniel Stein, he is the CEO of Special Strong Adaptive Fitness Training for people, young kids on the autism spectrum. And not just young kids, but that's kind of where we're going we're gonna to focus our, our conversations and really the fantastic benefits. Not just physically, by the way. This really opened my eyes. But mentally, we deep dove into the brain and the changes of the brain um, when, when children begin this program with Special Strong Again, this is Daniel Stein and the website, if you want to learn more about their their organization, specialstrong.com. All right, we're hanging out with Daniel Stein. He is the CEO of Special Strong. You know, it, it almost, I almost don't have to say that. I, I look at you and I'm like, yeah, this guy spends most of his time in a gym. I mean, it. it you know, you're playing the part very well. I appreciate that. You know, um, <laughs> I need the gym. The gym is, uh, is not recreation for me. It is very therapeutic as it is for our clients. Yeah, I can uh, I can relate to that. I, uh, I I missed my first workout in like six months a couple days ago, and I got to tell you, I, I was off. I was just off the whole day. It just it, it really the six inches between my ears. It's like I was in this fog. You know what I mean? Yeah. So did you say that you missed your first workout in a six month period? So you worked out uh, all those days in a row over six months. That's incredible. Good for you, Mark. Thank you. Well, it's like you said, it's, it's the mental, it's the mental therapy when, when you have five kids and, uh, <laughs> and my youngest Cal uh, autistic, it's, it's, we just, we have to do it. But, um, yeah, it, I gotta tell you, it's a great, that's a great, um, you know, routine to get in. If you can get into that routine, just do it. And, and not every day is like, you know, a, a 10 out of 10 workout, but just to get a sweat going, I gotta tell you, it changes my, my, my whole day. Um, I want to talk about Special Strong. This is a really remarkable organization you've built. You and your wife um, have built this up. And talk to me about, you know, as it relates to autism, special needs, adaptive fitness. I, I, I've never really heard that before. Kind of explain that to what exactly that is. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, really adaptive fitness is we're ultimately taking traditional fitness and we're adapting it it for whoever is in front of us. So you mentioned autism. So let's say that we have an athlete in front of us who has autism. So um, I'm going to need to adapt my communication with that individual. I'm going to need to adapt uh, the program design uh, for that specific individual in a very different way than just traditional personal training or traditional fitness training. So that's how adaptive fitness is different than just regular fitness. How did you, you know, everybody's like in a category, they're drawn to a category. Why are you not just doing, you know, personal training? You, you, you've, you've obviously gotten in the category of special needs. There's got to be, there's got to be an underlying story there. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I was four years old, I was diagnosed with a learning disability. My parents got me involved in sports and that led to me working out in the gym, which really made a big difference in my life, having ADHD. And so naturally, I fell in love with fitness and working out. And then um, after high school, 
you know, uh, I actually had a mentor of mine sit down with me one day and he said, Daniel, he said, I had this vision from God where I saw you working with kids and adults that had disabilities. And at that particular time, I was a full-time personal banker at Chase Bank. And um, again, I love fitness, but I never considered it as a career uh, until my mentor gave me that vision. So that was in 2011. And so I ended up making a career change after that and getting into the mainstream general population fitness world. Started working with regular people that had no limitations of any kind. And then eventually uh, in 2016, you know, my wife and I started this company, uh, Special Strong, all based on my mentor's idea. And um, I'll never forget, you know, the first time I had the opportunity to work with a client, um, he, this particular client's name was Dakota, and um, he had had a, a drug overdose that put him in a wheelchair. He was paralyzed. He was, uh, I believe he was a paraplegic. And this was my first opportunity to work with someone that had a disability. And I absolutely fell in love. You know, I, I didn't have any experience working with disabilities before that. Uh, but when I got to work with Dakota, everything changed for me. Yeah, you know, the, the circle that I run in now, you know, we talk a lot about meaningful, purposeful business, and it goes beyond dollars and cents. And, and of course, you know, everybody needs dollars and cents for things to, to, to make sense. But there is something above uh, much deeper, uh, and there's kind of a depth, you know, that you can kind of explore in business when you when you find that that calling. Let, let's talk specifically to autism, just because so many who follow this channel, um, you know, that that is what they are seeking out, you know, information about specifically their kids. Whether it's a success story or just an overall theme that you have noticed, you know, what, what's kind of been the guiding principle and some of the some of the visions that you've had, you know, with, with your clients, people you've worked with about autism and special strong. Yeah. So, um, you know, our, our company has multiple locations across several states. And so we've worked with a lot of clients who have autism. And um, I have to share a personal story uh, about a young man named Robert. And so I started working with Robert uh, when he was about 15 years old. And um, Robert had severe meltdowns, severe behavior challenges uh, to the point where, you know, his parents couldn't stop his meltdown. So they would give him a football helmet, put it on his head. And, you know, just like you have that brick wall behind you, he would go, you know, he would go against a, a real brick wall <laughs> and uh, hit his head against the brick wall with a helmet on. I mean, he was such a big kid. His parents couldn't stop him when he had these emotional meltdowns. And so they came to see us and, um, you know, it took a couple of years of working with him, but um, he is completely uh, emotionally meltdown free. It doesn't mean that he never has you know, small meltdowns, but he no longer um, has those meltdowns with the helmet. As a, as a matter of fact, this is really neat. Um, in addition to putting a helmet on his head, they would give him boxing gloves to go punch a boxing glove, a boxing bag in the garage. And so we actually had a celebration uh, in his backyard about six months ago where um, we started a small fire in the backyard and he took his boxing gloves and, you know, you know, those little marshmallow sticks, yep, he just yep. he roasted those gloves because they they were done. He didn't need them anymore. He was free of those meltdowns. And um, that's just one of many success stories that we have with individuals that have autism. But, you know, with with autism, you know, the big things that they struggle with are primarily low muscle tone, um, 
fine and gross motor skill deficiencies. And then, then you have the communication aspect where um, you have to really know how to communicate with them in order to get things done. You can't just tell them do a jumping jack and expect them to do a jumping jack. So um, there's a lot that goes into the exercise program design to address the low muscle tone, to address the motor skills. But we use a lot of principles from ABA uh, in our workouts uh, to help get them to actually do the exercise. They're typically, they're not very motivated. And so we use things like positive reinforcers, reward systems uh, to get them to actually comply and do the exercises. And, um, you know, overall, I would say we have about an 80% success rate. I'd love to say that we, we can help everyone. We can't. Uh, but overall, we have about an 80% success rate. And that's all across the board, but also with autism. Do you have the ability, you know, for if somebody younger with autism wants to come in, wants to start training and their parents are there, do they have the ability to come with their therapist um, and, and kind of be guided there? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We've done it many times. I mean, um, you know, um, we, I, we have incredible trainers um, that work with the company. And so um, typically we um, we want our individuals, our athletes to be as independent as possible. Um, we don't want a parent to have to pay extra money for a therapist to have to come in with session because that's not free. I mean, that somebody's paying for that. Mm -hmm. and so um, 90% of the time, a therapist in the session is unnecessary. Are we open to it? Absolutely. But if we can save the parents and the families money and also promote independence, because remember, we want them to get away from relying on therapists and their parents for everything we one of our a part of our mission is how can we get them to be as independent as possible independent as possible that is a part of our mission and so yes we are their trainer but during the training sessions we're teaching them to do it on their own make their own decisions change the weight on their own put the weights up on their own and so we in some ways we actually discourage a therapist from being there unless there's severe maladaptive behaviors and we do require a therapist yeah i really like the independence aspect so do you kind of find you know as as they get into the workouts and and more of a routine is it sort of taking the gas out of the meltdown engine that they have redirected the energy the focus and as time goes on it's just you know you know because i i mean even me, you know, I get a real hard workout in or have a great week of workouts. I, I feel like I, I'm just calmer. I'm more focused. There's more clarity. Is it kind of along when we talk about adaptive, adaptive fitness and autism? Sort of, is that sort of what kicks in? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's, right, there's endorphins. There's hormones that come into play. Um, you know, there's obviously there's a, the, the biggest component is what's happening in the brain. And so as a part of our model, um, in addition to the natural benefits of exercise for the brain we actually do targeted brain exercises for our clients that help reduce meltdowns that help correct the imbalances when there's two, a dominant left side or a dominant right side there's too much of a dominance we do corrective exercises oh i think yeah i think the typical human brain if somebody got on a uh, a really structured workout regimen, you would see that, but then go to go to autism. And I think you're absolutely right. I, th I think it would be remarkable. I think this is a really underserved topic. I mean, I really think where, where you are with special strong, it's almost embryonic. I, I, I just feel like for so long, it was like 
autistic kids will never be able to work out. They'll never be able to focus. They'll never be able to build muscle tone. And when you really start looking at what these kids need, need and exercise and regular exercise, I just really think you're onto something. And I love the aspect too of, you know, no, you guys set up the weights, you know, you, you, you set up the next work. You, you know, I, I love that process, you know, and my son, Cal, I mean, he, he loves processes. He loves, you know, understanding he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do that. And then this will happen, right? They'll, it's a chain reaction and then he'll break it down and then reset, you know, so I, I just love that aspect of keeping, keeping them um, interested just for, I, I want to touch real quick on the on the business uh, opportunity here of of Special Strong. So you're not a standalone, right? You don't have your own buildings nationwide, but you're inside other existing uh, structures, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we use third party facilities. Like we, as an example, we have a national partnership with Twenty Four Hour Fitness all across the United States. So they're they're our preferred vendor that we like to use to bring in our athletes and train. Um, but one of the reasons we use a third party facility. Um, there's a lot of benefits. Number one, we, the, the cost uh, for the actual services uh, are not as high uh, because we don't have our own brick and mortar. And then the other nice thing about having access to those facilities is it really provides us with um, a, a much larger footprint that we can serve. And so if you think about a, a traditional gym, you know, if you're a member there, um, you know, you're going to have to travel to that gym. It might be 10 minutes away. It could be 30 minutes away. Whereas in our case, we might have five gyms in one particular territory. That way that whoever is needing that service, they don't have, they, they drive enough for all the different therapies they have. So this reduces their drive time significantly, making it more convenient for them. Yeah, it's an effective point, you know, and, and a lot of families with autism understand uh, usually there's a pitch count on a drive. You know, we have, we have kind of that 20 minute pitch count and we know things could, uh, uh, could get challenging. So I, I, again, it's a well thought out design, um, for the families. So, uh, I appreciate that, you know, uh, along with, you know, people who are families of autistic kids that, that resource uh, the channels and stuff like that, there are, you know, business people, entrepreneurs. Uh, I know a lot of people who, you know, have started great businesses. Um, and then their child was diagnosed with autism. They then pivoted their business to serve the category, the families of, uh, of autism. There may be people looking to do that. I know you have a franchise model with Special Strong. Um, you know, I, I'm just a guy that I always say I want to connect people. My background was in the media business, and I didn't talk about autism, you know, at all. Um, but then when I realized that, you know, this was going to be my life forever, um, maybe I should explore a, a media side of autism and connecting families and, and the entrepreneurs of the products and services of autism. So I just want to give you that, that, that shot to explain to somebody that may say, you know, I, I want to be an entrepreneur space, a business person in the space or a manager in the space. You know, wh what does special strong, how would you guys connect somebody like that with, with their community? Let's say. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that's uh, unique about our franchise, that's very different than traditional franchises is uh, this is a very, very rewarding franchise. This is not a McDonald's where you're gonna be a passive owner and collect a paycheck every month. And there's nothing wrong with McDonald's, um, but I think a lot of people are, especially these days, they're looking for something that is more rewarding and to where they can get a return on investment uh, for whatever it is that they're doing. And so the unique thing about our model is you have both components where you're getting to do something that, um, you, you know, everybody absolutely loves. You're getting to make a difference in a way that you can't do at a traditional franchise. And um, the returns are great. 
I mean, you know, we, we, we certainly um, don't say that you're going to become a millionaire uh, in this particular franchise and that we're not looking for people like that. Uh, but you can make a decent living uh, doing adaptive fitness training, having a team, having, a, you know, trainers that work with you and underneath you and really serving your community and making a huge difference for uh, for a very affordable entry level franchise price. And, you know, we've got a separate website. Um, specialstrongfranchise.com with all the information. But if there's an entrepreneur out there or um, someone that is an entrepreneur that um, has a son or daughter with autism or even knows somebody or just has a heart for that population, it's worth having a conversation. And we have a five-step process that we take everyone through. Uh, we are not selling franchises. We are awarding franchises. So statistically, we only award a franchise to one in every 10 prospects that come through the door. So we're not, we're not desperately trying to sell and just give these franchises. We're really looking for the right people that have the right character, the right competency, the right core values, and they ultimately care about this cause and have a heart for it. And so if anybody like that is interested, you know, we, we love to just have a simple introductory 20 minute conversation over the phone where again, it's not salesy, it's not pressure. Let's just get to know each other and see if this could or couldn't make sense. And if it makes sense, let's go through the five-step process and see what it would look like for your family. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, this community, uh, parents uh, or anybody really that that may have a you know a nephew or a neighbor or coworkers, you know, a son or daughter with with, with autism. The community is not one for the salesy, the pressure, um, you know, kind of like the slick tactics. It's like. We've seen it all, you know, because of what we're, we're handling at home. And so it's, um, but, uh, you know, the flip side of that is it's a very connected, very connected group of people. The community is just, you know, I always tell people, you hear about word of mouth. There is nothing like word of mouth in the special needs community. And that could be good or bad, you know, depending on the, on the product or service. So um, it, is a, uh, it is a special community. It's a very powerful community, um, but one that if you, if you treat the people right, they will reward you. Um, with uh, with a lot of positive uh, chatter, so I think uh, I think that's a great way to approach it. There he is, Daniel Stein, SpecialStrong.com, and what was the separate website again for the the franchise model? Yeah, it's a Special Strong Franchise. Special Special Strong Franchise. Dot com. Awesome. Yeah, you've got a lot of great uh, stories and uh, media on your website on specialstrong.com. I uh, just uh, kind of an uplifting uh, run through the internet there uh, last night, and I just I thought it was cool to see all the pictures. It, it's really cool that you documented all that. Um, thank you, Daniel. We'll be talking soon, brother. I really appreciate the opportunity, Mark. Just a lot there to get from Daniel, the uh, owner of Special Strong at specialstrong.com, and not just the physical benefits for these uh, young autistic kids and, and, and these adaptive fitness workouts. But again, the, the brain and uh, what he's found in his research and developing this business and spreading it in multiple states. So uh, I know it opened my eyes. Um, you know, I, I, I have realized that my son Cal needs uh, more physical, I guess, adaptive physical work. Um, but I did not even think about, you know, what's going on in the brain when you're building muscle and going through the process and everything. So uh, really valuable stuff there. 
Got to thank uh, a couple of our partners here. And and before we go here in just a minute or two, I'm going to give you um, some links to go to to connect with us across all of our social media platforms, especially if you're a parent of an autistic child going through a diagnosis or fresh out of a diagnosis, or maybe you know somebody who is. Get to that in a second. First, thank you to the Lift Academy in Clearwater, Florida. This is their brand new campus. They've been working hard on this. Remarkable people doing remarkable work. You can go to liftfl.org, and I'll say that 95% of their students are on a scholarship, and that is a process that they are happy to help spearhead and help you get through. This, again, is uh, an organization where I've been, I've seen the children there, I've seen the staff. It really is incredible. The Lift Academy, again, that brand-new, unbelievable facility in Clearwater, Florida, they are, um, you know, they have kids that are that are just learning about them for the first time and, and, are, and are starting there and are just doing great. Also, the original Krabby Bills, Indian Rocks Beach, Florida. Melissa and I have said it for a long time. You know, the special needs lifestyle can be tough. You still have to get out. You have to live your life. You have to enjoy your life. And we thank our friends at the original Krabby Bills on Indian Rocks Beach for being such a strong supporter of the community that they serve. And don't forget, live music every day in the loading box uh, at Krabby Bills on Indian Rocks Beach, Florida. Also, Aeroflow Urology, they are shining a light on a really important issue, and that issue is the diaper divide that exists in the United States. And so many special needs families depend on incontinence products. And, you know, like Florida, um, if you're a child and, you know, you, you qualify for these incontinence products, many special needs children um, are not potty trained until much later in life. Uh, you can receive those, but then when you turn 18 as an adult, you don't receive those anymore. They're trying to change that, not only in Florida, but across the country. They have a petition, and you can go to dailyautism.com and find the link for that petition to help change that and, and help give some awareness to families and politicians across the country to help end the diaper divide. Dailyautism.com, and it's the Aeroflow Urology link. Again, we thank everybody for joining us for another radio show. Again, we stream 24-7, 365 days a week at dailyautism.com. That is also where you can connect to all of our social media channels, and uh, we love connecting with new families there at dailyautism.com.